0: Welcome to Global Ed Tour.
1: Pack your earbuds and come on a tour of educational perspectives around the globe. We are your hosts, Sandra Chow
0: and Chris Lee.
1: Hey, Chris, we've hit the education jackpot today. Woohoo! for years, we've been hearing headlines about Finland's school success and what if Finland's great teachers taught in our school systems? Well, today we get to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, or rather, the teacher's mouth.
0: Yes, today we are very honoured to have with us Jorgen and Anna Karin Brunberg. And I really hope I'm pronouncing those correctly, I wrote them all out and everything, Um, but why don't we get the correct pronunciation from the two of you first. So why don't we start with Anna Karin, can you tell us a bit about yourself, how to pronounce your name properly, your education journey please? And um, maybe you can share a little bit about how you became an educator and perhaps the process that individuals must go through to become a teacher in Finland.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, hello. Um, my name is Anna-Karin Brunberry. and I became a teacher in 2005. And at that time, we only had one university in Finland <clears throat> that you could uh, be, become a teacher when you want to study in Swedish, because we are a minority of Swedish, Swedish-speaking Finns. So I studied in Ostrobotnia, about 500 kilometers from Helsinki, where I lived, and stayed there for about five years, five years of university studies before becoming a teacher. And then in 2005, actually Yrian, who's sitting next to me, called me and wanted me to come to his school and work. And I started here 2005, 2006 started here in the same school that we're sitting in now and uh, 2009 i became became the principal for this school and i've been here since then um i have a son so i was on maternity leave uh, for two two years i was off from the school but otherwise i've been here in this school
1: wow wow that's quite a journey (laughs) jörgen you Jorgen, Jorgen, you're you're the one who um, brought Anna Krin then. Yes.
3: So,
1: best. so you were at the same school um, even longer.
3: Uh, no, no, no. I've I've been around the block a lot. I was uh, I, I've been a teacher for twenty five years, and I started to, I started in Western Finland. Worked there for seven years, then I came here to Southern Finland. So we're just outside Helsinki right now, and. Uh, and uh, I, I worked here for eight years. So out of those eight years, I was six years a principal, and then I I went to another school, worked there for for six seven years, and then I start. Uh, and I've also studied to become a, a teacher in English as a second language. And uh, and a few years ago, I, I started to study as special needs. So I'm also a special need teacher. And then a few years ago, I got a little bit problem with with the school where I was. And that's uh, the inhalation. That's the air, air in the school was a problem. So I started to look for a new place to go. And and uh, well, here I am. <laughs> so now I was a principal for Anna Karin. Now she's my principal. So I hope I was a good principal those years.
1: Wow. <laughs> that's and so interesting
3: yeah so right now i'm a class teacher for for classes three and four so we have two classes in the same classroom
1: that is so interesting because actually many many people in ontario or in canada um, where we we were from uh oftentimes once you become a principal you stay a principal you you cannot go back so there's some teachers who never want to be principals because they love teaching so much then they feel like if they become a principal they can't go back so in finland it's different you can come in and out
3: well Mm -hmm. i I wouldn't say my journey is the normal one (laughs) normally you stay up there but i've been doing different things so I, i was but also in the i think the difference is the size of the school because this is a very small or well compared to most schools it's a very small school with only 66 students so oh, wow. you have in this in this uh, interior two-thirds of the entire teaching staff is here we are three teachers in the whole school
2: so i'm um, i'm the principal but i also have a grade five and six so i teach i i used to say that um, i'm i'm a principal during the weekends and nights and a teacher oh. during the-
1: Finland is in all the media whenever it comes about when we ever really talk about education, and so it's not difficult to come across articles or documents that um, quote about the amazing Finnish education system. And uh, one of the one of the quotes we saw was: "A central objective is to provide all citizens with equal opportunities, and the potential of every individual should be maximized." Um, can you describe for for um, all of us what what you think that might mean for Finnish educators? Uh,
3: well, if I start I would say that 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 equality that, that's a word that describes our school very, very well at least compare I think now I have to admit I haven't been a teacher abroad but I have t- discussed of course with with other teachers. I mean, of course, although it's it's uh, very equal here in our country. So of course, there are differences in 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 between different schools and and equipment and other resources and what we can um, offer our students. It's a municipality that that uh, gives the money to the to the schools, and also we have some teachers with five students and some stu- some teachers with 25 students, but. I would say that in general, the difference between the two extremes, the very best and the well, the highest and the lowest, it's it's not that big in our country compared with other countries. So, I'd say, as a special needs teacher, I would say that we are very good at taking care of the students with special needs. I mean, mm-hmm. for instance, reading difficulties. But on the other hand, it's it's a challenge for us to give the resources to take care of also the very the students that need more challenges, so to say. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest challenge, yeah, to to, to give uh, the high achievement uh, students uh, more challenges. Uh, but I totally agree with, with Jorian. Uh, we have public schools in Finland mostly and uh, where A couple of of private schools but but you go to a a public school and they're quite quite similar
1: Mm -hmm.
3: you don't you don't pick and choose it's not so easy to pick and choose either And, and we we have very few private schools now what we do have is for instance our Finnish majority I know in Canada it's very popular to put your your English speaking student not very popular but many put their children in French speaking schools, and we also have a few of those here. That Fin, fin Finnish speakers they put their children in Swedish speaking schools, and mm-hmm. that's one that's one way of not not putting your your child into the local school but for instance if you want to if you live far away or further away you're allowed to 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 use the bus the the bus to, to school but if you choose another school further away then if there is space for you you can go to that school but then you have to to take care of the transportation yourself.
1: And you've been around the block for a while as you said Jorgen and um, I mean you probably saw a lot of changes in in the Finland Finnish school system um, I was reading I'm a big fan of Tony Wagner and one of the the education systems he studied was the Finnish school system and he states that at some point the Finnish government had to revamp the education system uh, because Finland was actually ranked quite low amongst many of the countries did you go through that change or were you part of that change and did you did you see um, that change in the education system
3: Uh, I I say well well, as a I think we have changed the curriculum for three four times during my my period as a teacher and uh, I think i think we have always been quite good in in the tests although we have the we have we call it the PISA tests and and it was it was a little bit of a surprise for us too when it, we were very high up and we i guess we are still high up but not we are going a little bit down nowadays and and uh, i can't really say that i never found i think i was perhaps such a new teacher, and that I didn't know about so much about that we would be so so successful compared to to other nations. But uh, we have recently changed our curriculum, and and I think we're still waiting to see the result of the change. And but but the, uh, I would say that the su- reasons for our so-called su- success, or why our school are 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 i think there is a respect for the school system in finland in finland is that that it's uh, well it's part of the independence and na- nationality of finland because i think it's uh, about 150 years ago that the first schools were invented in, or started the first school system was started in finland and this was also very important for our nation we were part of russia by then it was very important, and school has always been important in Finland. And also, I think the most important thing is that that we still have most of of our best students want to become teachers.
1: Hmm. And it
3: doesn't have so much to do with money, but they still want to be a teacher. It's very difficult, at least, well, uh, still difficult to get into an education, to start to educate to become a teacher. So that's perhaps the biggest reason. For our success
0: I I noticed you said something that you had a recent change in curriculum Uh, what do you mean by that or what does that kind of looking like
2: curriculum is from uh, 2014 and uh, it was uh, implemented in in our schools um, to August 2016 so it was quite a long process for all the Municipalities to work with their own uh, local uh, curriculum, and I think this new curriculum with the phenomenon-based uh, learning is quite a change from earlier curriculums. So I think that's the biggest biggest change.
0: Can you uh, can you say that one last time? What kind of what kind of learning was that?
2: It's the phenomenon uh, learning, mm-hmm. phenomenon based learning. So I talk about themes. <laughs> I have different themes um, in my class. For example, I don't have the subjects uh, quite on the schedule. Um, so, for example, now when we talk about Europe or Europe is coming up, we can combine uh, biology, geography. Uh, history, music, English, all the subjects together, and we work around around Europe. So, um, yeah, the traditional subjects are not, uh, not that traditional anymore, so you don't have one lesson of biology, and the next lesson is history, and so on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was very interesting when we were reading about this, um, and uh, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm interested in knowing is, are these phenom- phenomenon based uh, learning? Are, are these units that are set by the government or the teachers can uh, choose the various topics? H- how does this work? And is it work from uh, kindergarten all the way up to grade 12?
2: Uh, i can't um I can't say that all all the teachers in Finland use uh, phenomenon based uh, learning, but um, it's spreading all the time and it's something that you can yes you can choose um, but you you can't choose out it um, so you you have to 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 work in phenomenon based uh, learning for at least uh, a couple of weeks maybe for for uh, uh, the term and um, i don't think the kindergarten still uh, or yet use it but more and more uh, grades 1 to 6 use the phenomenon based uh, learning then um, i'm not sure if grades seven to nine will will use it in the near near future because there we have a different different um, system with different teachers in all the subjects
1: Mm -hmm. how does how do teachers plan for this we do a lot of work
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes it takes many many hours but then again for me when you have been Teaching for some years already, it it, it gave me uh, a new enthusiasm for the teaching, and and when you see the uh, the joy joy of learning, I, I would say in in the students that that's mo that motivates me as a teacher al- also. So so it's a lot of planning, and but then when you have the system running, I would say it 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 will pay off. <laughs>
1: yeah so so why the term phenomenon is it because it's student interest generated or um, mm. yeah where, where does that terminology come from
2: okay
3: good question
2: that was a good question <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, because we have uh, well we have named it a lot of different things so themes phenomenon um, i think that's the the two two words that are used but yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's from the from the students. Uh, of course, the students can, um, can choose a bit when you when you work with themes or a phenomenon. Um, but of course the, the, the teacher the teacher has to plan it and have have the goals for for that that team, if it's uh, one week or it's several weeks. It depends on how big how big the, the theme is. So Europe is quite, quite a big
1: theme. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. What other themes have you taught?
2: Well, all, all the themes, um, I would say. So, uh, of course, the Asia, uh, Africa, Europe, uh, America and the history aspect of that. And, and then um, we have quite a lot of programming. Uh, robots and that's that's a big big um, theme and that's something that we use a, a quite a lot in our school so they get to program uh, we did um, for one month ago we, we used uh, block cells I'm not sure if you're, if mm-hmm. you're with block yes. cells yes, yeah yes. And that was a theme that I did in English actually uh, so I, I used um, a method called flipped classroom so yes. I yeah, so I had the ch- uh, students to um, look at uh, or Google and look up um, block cells and uh, they did it for homework and then they came back to school and they were all enthusiastic about block cells and they knew a lot already before we started and then and then we started work, working with block cells in English and I, I chose uh, that theme to um, in English because it was easier because we had all the material and all the YouTube uh, material and and Google links and everything was in English so so I tried that in English and it was quite successful actually.
3: In my class, I don't have that many themes, but when I have, I have big themes. So I, I've, I've been working around. Uh, yeah, last year I worked around forest theme forest with with a few of my neighbor schools or classes from other schools and this year we are also part of a global collaboration with schools from from five different countries and we are working thing about sustainable future and water so we are not right now we're talking about drinking water and comparing with with students from other other countries.
0: That sounds really awesome, like it sounds cross-curricular, it sounds like it's going towards their interests. How do you assess and evaluate such broad things?
2: Um, I, I have tests, um, both um, so that they write own tests, um, traditional tests uh, with, with questions, and uh, then I have a lot of group tests so they can do something in a group they can do a drawing they can do sculptures they did sculptures in one theme that we had um something i always want to have a test when they also gets to do something with their hands not just sitting and writing all the answers and uh, the best test is uh when we have groups i have maybe 5 6 groups And they all were enthusiastic and discuss exactly the thing that they are supposed to discuss about. So they they learn during the test.
1: Um, I'm curious. Uh, We heard that Finland has one of the lowest number of instructional hours in the world and given that uh, you have the phenomenon-based learning and it's project-based. Um, can you speak to how the fact that there's less hours of class time um, might factor into um, the success of the school system or the education system?
3: Well, <clears throat> my, my students here are not nine, ten-year-old, so we have about uh, 22 to 24 lessons a week and so school days are an average from well i did some calculation yesterday from 8 30 to 1 30 pm so 8 30 in the morning and then we end at one thirty in the evening and and the homeworks in my class at least shouldn't be more than about one hour not more than that a day so that gives gives the student a lot of time for hobbies let's hope so mm-hmm. and and also let's hope that it's not just not that they're free time i've heard some rumors in my class that that's what most boys do nowadays
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a worldwide phenomenon
3: <laughs>
1: yeah that's amazing the fact that school is from eight thirty to one thirty is it really does allow even the extension of of uh, reflection from from this school day. So especially with forest, kids can go in the forest after school. Uh, I can't imagine that i'm I'm in China right now and and school is very packed,
3: yeah, well, well we have a slight problem around here because it's it's kind of dark after three pm. so it's, it's f-
2: really dark, f- yeah. f- <laughs> four, 4 pm
3: so you have to be quick if you want to go to to the, to the forest, the forest yeah. yeah
2: and then, of ah. course like, Grade five and six, they have about uh, twenty-seven lessons a week, and then we have um, uh, quite many hobbies that you can do do here at school. So uh, the teachers have have their activity or clubs. What we what do we call them? And Jorian can can tell you a bit about his uh, club after school. So the teachers, they really motivated and they stay after school and um we and get have, we, we get paid yeah you much. yeah of course you get paid but it's, <laughs> it's not that much so they have to be motivated also
1: you get paid for your hobbies <laughs> yes. no, no, no,
3: no. we get paid to give to give the students
1: we have spanish
2: spanish here at our school and um, then we had uh, art art class, and we had physical education, sports, yeah, and then Jürgen has his.
3: And then I have some ICT also with a, a group of, of students. So we do different things that we, we, we don't have time to do during during the normal education. So I I always implement new ideas on the on a few students and then I use them in the education in the, so that they know more than the rest. So we we try out different things.
1: Yeah! Wow, that's great. So, so probably the t- um, instructional hours also is as a result of um, the physical environment in Finland. So the fact that it gets dark at three probably had impact on 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 the choice to have a shorter instructional hour then.
3: Uh, well, Just- I, you know, you are from Canada, so you know it, it it depends on on the time of the year
1: yeah yes I
3: mean, it, it's uh it's, we should have double the lessons in the in the spring <laughs> <laughs> I could say that it has nothing to do with that no,
1: no, and no just, hobbies in the spring <laughs> oh <my God>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no it, it has nothing to do with that it's just the the, the the fact that it's i think they have well it's it there is it said how many lessons or instructional hours a week we should have. So it's and of course we would like to have more, but but it's or it's it's. Uh, I think the municipalities have have, they can of course add a few more lessons, but everything costs. So it's it has to do more with that. But there are for every, every each subject. It said first of all how many lessons of each subject there should be in all from grades one to nine, and then also. Every school year, how many? About how many lessons a week they should have the students?
2: Yeah. and this year we actually, this school year, we actually got one more hour to grade one, which is is quite interesting. So grade one has got uh, twenty one hours, and grade two have only uh, twenty hours.
1: Oh, so how how do you find um this impacts the students?
3: well it's difficult it's we we, we <laughs> don't have anything to compare it with
1: <laughs> that's true
3: it's been. so it's a bit difficult to say but i've understood that uh, for instance uh, we have lunch is a very something it's just a longer break for us for instance uh, our school day if we have let's see now if we have five five lessons or well five lessons each day then we have four breaks. So it's just 45 minutes, and then you have 15 minutes of a, a break. And and the third break is half an hour longer, and that's when you're h- having your lunch. And around here, everyone gets get their free lunch. So there is something called a free lunch, and that's that's here in Finland.
2: Oh, wow. And so does does
0: that mean like everyone? Like, it doesn't matter who you are. Everyone just gets afforded lunch, right? It's everyone. just a part of it?
3: Warm meal. Everyone
0: <laughs> get a warm, free meal every day. Reading and Reading about the education system that you have in Finland, I heard that there's a huge emphasis on the early years and child's development. Uh, even parentally for the family, I heard it's like a really supportive one. Is there also free daycare? Uh, can you t- talk to us about all the supports that are afforded
3: for parents and children
0: for the early years development, please?
3: Do you want the one who has been on maternal leave, or the other one to give who you things
0: that <laughs> <laughs> uh, both of you? We, we wanted to honor the fact that uh, Jürgen, you even took the time to ask your wife about this whole. Yeah. Talk. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've been there three times. <laughs> yeah, right. So well, we have the maternal leave here in Finland. It's, it's not; it's nine months, and that, that I, I guess we are the, the mothers are well paid during that time. And one of the parents can add an additional about two years, so in all, it's it's about three years. So it's then it's called parental leave. I guess I don't really know the English words for this. And, uh, and that's about half the salary so it's not that well paid as maternally but still something that many many people use so that in fact you can be uh, out of work as a as a parent you can be out of work for 3 years and you are still according to the law you are allowed to get back to the same job after 3 years
2: and depending on where you live the municipality can pay, uh, pay something for you also. So even though you have just half your salary, so depending where you live, you can get some extra money. All
3: right.
2: Staying at home and mm. taking care of your your child mm. instead of using daycare.
3: Yeah, that's true. So you can get an extra extra money because if you use the the daycare or the municipality, obviously it costs the the municipality more than if you are at home but about daycare it, it's not free sorry no nope it costs you a-
2: <laughs> free school is free and
3: so yeah. <laughs> so you have the, the, the free time starts when you're about six year old well the emphasis is very much on the earlier years in school and mm-hmm. and most to go back to my favorite special needs education so most of it is in fact the emphasis is with the the youngest students in the school so I can tell you that there is absolutely no way a student can get through the first years of the school without being a reader. So you don't have anybody here who can't read and we know about it. So we know everything about the students because we test them quite thoroughly, especially in the beginning. And we do it straight and we do it also in preschool and wow. so if students are put into our so if so if if the student can't read properly according to the special needs teacher the students can be put into our system of a three-level special education system but i can go on for another hour about that so we have to do it next time about. <laughs> a brand new podcast for
2: yeah, that one yeah, but the yeah. testing is is done here at, at the own, <coughs> your own school so we don't have a, have national tests uh, our big one of course we have some but but we do our own tests at the school
1: uh, we were learning a lot about the Finnish school system and we would actually like to learn a, uh, a little bit about Finland since many times Finland also ranks quite high as one of the favorite places to live. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to choose one of your favorite things about living in Finland, what would that be?
2: You're asking us now when we're sitting here in the dark. and um, <laughs> yeah, um, Ask us again during summertime. No, no, no. Uh, well, uh, of course, the summer, the archipelago in Finland, I, I, I love it. We have a boat, so um that's that's important and that uh, i think it's something that almost everything is is um proud of (coughs) and then the sauna of course Mm. Mm. the
1: sauna
0: (laughs) yes i heard when i was researching this where did i put this highest per capita saunas in
3: in the world What
0: (laughs) what what is this
3: uh, I heard somewhere also that at least a few years ago that there are more saunas than cars in Finland, but I wouldn't bet on that anymore. <laughs> but that's uh, No, no, in our in our homes, we all have saunas. That's that's true.
2: Yeah, I go two times a week mm? oh. <laughs> to the sauna.
3: It's incredible.
0: That's like two times more than my entire life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well you've worked really hard with us and and shared a lot with us and we're very thankful so hopefully you'll have some time to go to the sauna after work yes actually i planned that so yeah i
0: don't
2: (laughs) maybe you have to
1: Thank you so much for joining us today. And um, we really do appreciate this. And, and perhaps we might have that second episode of Finland um, just so we can learn a little bit more about the special education system. So um, don't go too far away. Maybe we'll come looking for you later.
3: All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us.
1: All Global Ed episodes are edited using Soundtrap. Start collaborating anywhere at Soundtrap.com/edu.
0: And thanks to Anchor.fm for making it so easy and free to host and distribute our podcast.
1: Global Ed Tour is proud to be a part of the Voice Ed Radio family. Your voice, right here. For other great podcasts, check out VoiceEd.ca.
0: And thank you to Goodnight Sunrise for letting us use their song "This Is Yours" for our intro and outro music. Available wherever you download or stream your music.
1: You can find us on Twitter at global Ed Tour or on the web at bit.ly/globaledtour.
0: And finally, thank you to you, our listeners. Have you participated in the wife-carrying competition?
3: <laughs> in what?
0: I, I heard that in Finland, in there a com- what? The wife-carrying competition? The
3: wife-carrying like- contest. <laughs>
0: yeah is that true do you
3: have that
2: yes we have actually we have it every year yeah
3: we have it but, uh, did you
0: mean but, uh,
2: we haven't no 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 we oh, haven't.
3: okay <laughs> i was wondering if you participated because no,
2: no 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 there, no
0: there is
3: there is a <laughs> lot of stupid things we haven't you can also participate in well i don't even know what it's called uh football which is play it in, in an area where you g- get down to your waist into mud so it's kind of mud football but it's, it's in the forest so that, <laughs> that, that's one where you can play football and then we have we have the midsummer run where you have to be nude to run <laughs> <laughs>
2: like the, these are all the things that we haven't participated no, in <laughs> we have to be
3: very exact we just did, to make sure we have just read about it yes. we haven't
2: even,